You're listening to B2B Revenue Acceleration, a podcast dedicated to helping software executives stay on the cutting edge of sales and marketing in their industry. Let's get into the show. Hi, welcome to B2B Revenue Acceleration. My name is Aurélien Moutier, and today we are recording what I guess I would call a cross-Atlantic episode, where we have Joseph Graves, our Head of Training and Development here at Operatics, representing the European side of our business, and Stephen Chase, our Sales Development Manager, uh, and also kind of... Uh, uh, sales operation ninja, as I believe he likes to, to describe himself, uh, dining from our Dallas office, so representing the U.S. side of our business in North America. How are you guys doing today? Very well. Very well indeed. I've got some tea, so I'm doing okay. <laughs> <laughs> really good. Our discussion today will be about the, difference, uh, the differences in prospecting in Europe versus North America. Uh, but before we go into the conversation, can you guys just introduce yourself in a little bit more detail to our audience? And, and let's start with you, Stephen, because I believe, Joe, you've already participated to some of our podcasts. Yeah, well, like Ray said, my name is Stephen Chase. I'm in the Dallas office for Operatics. Uh, I'm one of the senior SDRs as well as kind of our sales operations lead. So I help a lot of our clients with some of the tooling, uh, helping reps get quick up to speed with messaging and things like that. And I guess, uh, yeah, if you, uh, if you want to know a bit more about me, you can always go back and listen to the previous podcast I was on. So, yeah, my name's uh, Joe Greaves. I'm the head of training and development here at Operatics. So I've been with Operatics for five years. It was my anniversary the other week. And, yeah, really always enjoying it. Well, you remind me to get you a beer next time you're in the office because I think I did miss your five-year anniversary. So <laughs> apologies about that. Thank so. <laughs> I'm sure you will. So as, as many of our listeners know, uh, here at Operatics, we support B2B software vendors with their sales development across multiple regions, so globally, basically. Uh, and one of the questions we, we often get asked is, what are the differences between prospecting in Europe versus North, North America? So I'd, I'd like to start with you, Joe, as you're representing the MEA side of our business. And, and you know that there is lots of countries in EMEA, so there is a little bit more complexity and, and, and culture and languages. So from your perspective, how is it like to do prospecting in EMEA? Yeah, good question. Um, I think the challenge that we have in Europe is how do we adapt the operatics methodology to each country? Um, mm-hmm. And the, you know, the cultural differences often mean that you have to use a different approach to cold outreach. Uh, it could be small things like how you actually address someone, um, speaking casually or in a more formal manner, or bigger issues like the method and frequency of the outreach, like number of calls, emails that are, I guess, acceptable. Um, so, yeah, a sales pitch as well, something that might work in the UK might not be easily translated to French or German, for example, and, and tone. I think plays a very important part in that. I think in the UK, you can perhaps get away with a more abrupt or humorous style sometimes, not not so much in Germany from what I'm told. Um, And I guess if I was to rank the effectiveness of the different methods of outreach in Europe, I'd say calls are still the the quickest and easiest way to create sales engagements. Email is still a very useful tool, but it needs to be done in the right way to stand out from the crowd 
Um, and, you know, social selling via platforms like LinkedIn, I would say, would come in third place as it depends on the person you're reaching out to being a, an active user uh, on the platform. There are exceptions to, to that, of course, and depends on individuals' uh, preferences. Um, one thing I would say is that everyone thinks their region is the toughest. Um, mm -hmm. I remember we had a, a French chap start uh, not too long ago. And he came to me after speaking to the team and he said, ah, oh, Joe, you know, it's, I've been told it's much more difficult in, in of France. Of course it is. Well, I, I, my response to him, I said, well, why don't you go and ask our CEO uh, and see what his response is? Because he's probably going to tell you something different. That's how he made his he name. He didn't come in us, me believe it or not. He definitely didn't. I'm sure he didn't. And, uh, and, but it's, you know, it's people in Germany, they say, ah, oh, Joe, you know, Germany's very, very tough. And, I remember I went over to the US and they say, you know, Joe, it's people in the US, they don't like cold outreach. And I think it's kind of universal. It doesn't matter what country you're yeah. calling into. And I think it's also true when you are doing inbound response management, when you are following up on leads, uh, there, there is different... Uh, there is different approach. There is different way the, the, the prospect likes to be engaged with, probably more formal in Central Europe, less formality in the UK, maybe more to the point in the UK, people don't waste time. You know, Southern Europe with the Latins so or French, Spanish, Italian, it's about building relationship. Uh, and and what I think I see a lot from my perspective and having done the, the job myself is, the, is, is also the sequence got to adapt. So in France, you probably would do more calls than emails because people tend to be more responsive to the phone. The phone. And, and, you know, having multiple conversations with the same prospect is building up a relationship and they might not give you what you want, but they will give you the name of a colleague that may give you what you want. So, you know, that, that, in some region, relationship building is working. In some other, it's not working as much. You know, I, I totally agree with you. Um, so, so Stephen, I guess from, from, from listening to what Joe is saying, uh, you will find some difference between, between what you just heard and, and obviously the U.S. territory. Uh, so could you please share your thoughts on, on, on what's working in the U.S. from your perspective? So I guess anybody who knows me at Operatics knows that email was my, like, that was my thing. Mm -hmm. And Pre-COVID, it was pretty strong. I used to set quite a few sales engagements via cold outreach via email. Um, but having to adapt with everything that's been going on and looking at data from companies like HubSpot and SalesLoft and things like that, I mean, calls are, call connection rates are up 60%, whereas email responses or email sends are higher than ever, but email response rates are down 26%. So it's like you have to figure out where you're going to create a happy medium. So using some of the people in my network for coaching and things like that, um, Justin Michael, who has been on the podcast before, he has a method called combo prospecting, which is kind of what I've started developing and using. Um, and it's, it's a series of triple, triple touches for cold outreach. So phone, voicemail, email, back to back to back. But it's constantly building value. So what you're doing is laying breadcrumbs for the prospect to follow, to hear the message in different ways each time to ultimately either get them to tell you no or yes or give you a referral. So it's just trying to ignite a response out of somebody. And that method's a little aggressive in terms of how often you're reaching out in terms of doing your triples and things like that. But with the aggressiveness also, like I said, comes with different levels of value being built. Now, for me, cold calls or cold outreach I, sorry, that was, I used the bad word, my bad. Um, cold outreach via the phone uh, has actually been my strongest point 
going into the pandemic, actually. But um, with the U.S., I think it's a little different because you have to differentiate yourself from the people that are constantly cold calling or yeah, cold calling people in the sense of the word that most people associate with cold outreach. So like your telemarketers and things like that, you have yeah. to differentiate yourself. Uh, like the, yesterday, I was on the phone with a prospect. He answered the phone and questioningly said, hello. And I was like, hey, is this so-and-so? And he's like, it depends. Who's this? And I was like, hey, I, I'm not a debt collector. But unfortunately, this, I, am, I'm, I am calling you out of the blue. So if you have like 32 seconds, I'd love to at least tell you why I was calling. And every time I use that opener, it gets people to laugh. And then yeah. they let me have a conversation with them. And then we go on. It's different. It's so different. It's, I think, you know, it's, uh, it's not just a COVID adaptation. Uh, you mentioned that at the, in the opening. From my perspective, you also need to change the way you, you do the outreach depending on the type of person you are prospecting. Right. So if I'm going to go and sell to a salesperson, a sales leader, a marketing leader, so people that are, I'm going to make a massive cliche here, but maybe a little bit more the outgoing type of people. I would definitely put a little bit of humor in my approach. I'll definitely try to, you know, make the atmosphere a little bit cooler for everyone and, you know, make, make, make them feel comfortable with me in a way. He's got to be smart. He doesn't, you can't, you know, you can't go like too cliche. He's got to be, and he's got to be genuine. You know, he's got to be a genuine approach where you show that you are relatively relaxed about the approach. And, and then I think when you are going to do this function, you've got to tell them very quickly why them. You know, why, why, why did I want to engage with you? Which is kind of buying you the next 30 seconds to one minute to, to then tell them what, what you're on about and what, what you think you can change their, their, their current situation and all that. Um, but I think it's, it's you know, we, we obviously today speaking about the difference between North America and Europe, and, and there is plenty because culture is fundamentally different. The way of doing business is pretty much the same, but people are buying in a different way. Uh, I also think that based on the level of persona and the function and what they do as a title, uh, they also have either different medium to engage with them versus different type of uh, psychology behind the engagement. Speaking about that, you know, I'd like to uh, I'd like to ask you guys if you've got uh, if you if you've seen any unusual prospecting tactics that have worked well in the past and um, you know that you believe would be worth sharing that would be worth sharing with our audience. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, a lot of the stuff that I think both me and Stephen find isn't things that we've kind of come up with ourselves. Both both of us, I guess, are what you call sales nerds. So we. We follow a lot of kind of sales leaders on, on LinkedIn and we, we steal a lot of stuff from people that tell us what, what's working for them. And one thing that's worked very recently, which I was certainly surprised about, was being honest with people about what this is hmm. um, and, and using that kind of dirty word, that cold call, because, you know, these, these people who we're speaking to, they get hundreds of calls throughout the month. And you do this kind of weird dance at the beginning where you introduce yourself, you make sure they're the right person. And then there's that kind of weird lurch into, okay, now I'm going to pitch you. What we found to be working recently is just being honest with people and saying, look, this is a cold call. Can you give me 30 seconds to tell you why I think we can benefit your company? And the response to that has been really incredible. Uh, People usually laugh and they say, yeah, sure. And it gives you that permission to, to pitch and, and, and also kind of take a breath when yeah. you take your time. But you see, I think for me, for me, this is, uh, this is critical. It's about, uh, you know, that, that honest approach always work for me. 
uh, where I said, I'm good to people, I said, look, I've actually handpicked you. It's not that I'm cutting you out of a lead that I pulled from discover.org and I'm going to vomit the same pitch as you, as I've done with the 10,000 people that I spoke to before you. And my manager told me it's the number game. And my manager told me that if I speak to, if I do 120 calls today, I will speak to five of you and one of you will say yes to me. You know, it's, it's not really, and I think that's maybe some, sometimes why the cold call are not an S. And also there is nothing more frustrating that someone cold call you and they, they don't tell you why. You know, they just, it's a crazy, they go on and on and on and they speak and they speak and you're waiting. So, okay, well, what is it? You know, because let's go to the point of telling me what are the three reasons why I should take a meeting with you. What are the three reasons why you think you can benefit me? Show me that you've researched me. Show me that you understand my role. Show me that you understand my challenges. And I'm going to give you the time. You're going to get a meeting with me if you are relevant. You know, I don't care, but because we want to discuss further. But if you are just cool calling me, and I know that you're going to try, to, what, the only thing that you're going to try to do is to give me your pitch without knowing who I am. Without, you've not even checked me out. You don't know what my background is, but you're going to speak about my challenges thinking that, you know, everybody is the same. This is poor. And this is where I'm, I'm really losing patience with people. You know, hello, my name is Aurelia. Do you have five minutes today? No, I don't. Because, you know, you asked me the wrong <laughs> question. What you should tell me is say, hey, you know, my name is, is, is Joe. Uh, and look, Aurelien, I appreciate this is a cold call, but I research you. And I think I've got something to deliver to you. In fact, I've got, I believe, three reasons why I think we should take a meeting together. Um, because I think we can benefit around some issues I believe you are facing. So from my experience and working with people like yourself and doing my research on you, I believe that you may be suffer from this, that, that, and that. Well, as an organization, this is what we do. One liner, two liner, don't go into the details. And, you know, based on the three challenges that I discussed, on average, the value at our you know, average clients would get is this, that, that, and that. Now, you are telling me if this is the moving the needle or not for you. If it's moving the needle and you think that will help you to look better in your organization or that actually fighting a battle that you've got in your agenda, let's go and get a meeting. If you tell me, look, too busy at the moment, got this, got that, don't have the time to speak to you, and quite frankly, won't move the needle, the shoe is not, the, the stone is not big enough in my shoe, so, you know, saving me 5 million is nothing for me because I'm just such a big, organi- big organization that, you know, it, it doesn't mean nothing. It's not worth spending one hour with you, then I'll leave you alone. But being able to articulate that quickly, having done your research, being able to address the person that you are talking to, you might not be that direct, but yeah, I appreciate what you're <laughs> <Yeah>. saying. <laughs> Stephen, what about you? Any, any unusual technique, anything that made you smile, laugh, cringe? Um, I mean, I, I do weird things in my cold outreach, especially with my, my emails. I mean, I've, I've learned from, from one of my coaches, uh, visual prospecting, uh, Justin Michael had a huge webinar on this, um, Venn diagrams. Like if your tool consolidates other tools within their tech stack, you can make like three concentric circles and which tools would go on the outside and then yours in the middle just to kind of send as like a reply to your thread to give them like a visual perspective of like, Hey, we're going to take all these tools and put it into one place type of thing uh, is good. Um, Katarina actually tagged me in a post the other day, uh, again, from Justin Michael. <laughs> He's all over LinkedIn, apparently. Um, but he had somebody that had reached out to him and told him that they just FaceTime dropped into the president of a company's phone and for cold outreach and got him on FaceTime and ended up scheduling a meeting with him via FaceTime as a part of like one of his methods, like in his triple outreach. So like he, he said, cause I know the guy, but he's Batman at this point. I can't say who he is. And 
he called him, got red buttons, so like forwarded automatically, and then he called him right back on FaceTime. And the guy picked up and was like, oh, what do you want? <laughs> like, but that, I think those two are the biggest things that I've seen recently. Yeah, you've that got to be confident crazy. about what you're going to tell him. I think that's, that's, that's a little bit intrusive, but you know, why not if it worked? Um, yeah. I, th- I think you know, we, we always have to, to think about the customer experience as well. And from my perspective, that's why I think, you know, the, the, uh, you know, don't get a conversation. Don't try to convince someone to buy something they don't need. I think it's as simple as it at the end of the day, you know, you just got to do your work and manage to, to speak to the, do your qualification at the company level, qualification at the, at the, at the contact level. If you're speaking to the right company and the right person, tell them what you think you can do for them. Tell them, you know, I believe that's your situation in this and that, and this is the new world that I can do for you. Make them travel and dream in a Disney movie, you know? You've got like a, you've, you've got, a, you've got the, the old world and the new world and all that. But yeah, I think, I think the FaceTime thing will be, I'll be surprised to me. But I guess, you know, if it's someone who's got something good to tell you, you'll be like, well, okay, well, you've been persistent and, and you've been good when you spoke to me. But I think if you do that and you are not good when you speak yeah. to the individual, you, that you may not be have, a great, great, great. For that one. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it's, you know, from a brand perspective, I don't think a lot of our clients will support that if, if we were not having a killer pitch and something to deliver of, of, of you know, very tangible value. Kind of last question for you is, and, and coming back a little bit to COVID, I mean, I'm sure we are, you're all fed up with it. I'm fed up with it. Uh, but is there anything that you think has changed drastically? I mean, you covered some of it, Stephen, already in terms of how you've adapted. Uh, but, but do you think there is anything that have, has changed drastically in, in our team's prospection effort or any you know, KPIs that you've seen changing and you know, any, any adaptation, basically, that you guys have been through? I think probably it's the response. Um, obviously, people working from home, they're, they're more likely to pick up the phone or look at their, their emails. So there has been a, an uptick in response. It's added another objection that we have to handle, which is, oh, you know, COVID's kind of put everything in, in a spanner in the works, if you like. But it's also been a great kind of instigator for a lot of conversations, particularly where technology has been a massive, massive support in in these kind of remote working times i guess it's it's how do you how do you adapt your message to to what's actually going on in the world and why it's more relevant than ever that doesn't work for all everything of course but it's it's kind of the the response to certain technologies has been increased based on the need for it i guess makes sense makes sense what about you steve I think it, this is just for me personally, but I think as, as my prospecting changed, I got more targeted. So in terms of like the, the, the level of people that I was reaching out to, I wouldn't say I'm doing less calls, but I'm doing more touches overall since I'm focusing on tripling. Like I said, leading the, leading the prospects down the breadcrumbs. I think in terms of my overall volume of prospects that I'm reaching out to on a daily basis might be a little bit less. But the conversations are much better. And then I've also, I've also taken a, a multi-threading approach. So like for the particular client that I'm working for right now is focused on hiring thing and things and with, their, with their tooling. So I've been going out and reaching out to hiring managers within organizations to see if there's any bottlenecks on their ends that I could ultimately take to the talent groups and basically go in with a warm conversation instead of a cold a pure cold conversation 
Mm-hmm. So I think that's if that's the one thing I could suggest to anybody is find out who else p- could potentially be an outlier in terms of benefits from your solution and thread those people into the conversation, but change your messaging to what they would potentially be seeing. Sure. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I think I think you're right. I mean, in terms of volumes, you know, average clients have probably seen around 30 to 40 percent of their addressable market not being addressable anymore. You know, you'll have the the like of uh, I don't know, American Airlines, British Airways, Air France, you know, so the airline, are they doing great at the moment? Do they really want to invest into new stuff? If it's not a must-have, then you'll have obviously all the hotel chain. You know, Airbnb was saying what took us 12 months to build, took six months to absolutely destroy. And, and obviously, they're not doing very well at the moment. And all that is, you know, even companies like uh, Uber, you know, they, they must have had suffered relatively uh, from from a pandemic. So I think there is a lot of verticals that have, have suffered so much that they are, they are difficult to address now. So are they the prime target that you want to go after when you know that they may be, they may, they may suffer from budget freeze and stuff like that? Probably not. So with what you've got left, you've got to be more account-based driven. You've got to be smart. You've got to do your research. You need to make sure that when you engage with people, you are convinced yourself that, you know, you have a killer message deliver to them because if you don't have why, why would you engage with them in the first place um and and i think you know to your point Stephen, in a way i think it's kind of normal to have less activity but i think less activity is not an issue because i never saw that what we do is a volume game i always saw that what we do is a quality game um it's about uh it's about what you can bring to people uh, and it's about having you know uh, what I would say, smart conversation with the prospect. And, and the prospect saying no and articulating why it's a no is as valuable as a prospect saying yes. Of course, the sales team may not agree with that. Your clients may not agree with that, but from a perspective, it's job done. If you know that that account is a no-go, it's a no-go. Let's move on to the next one. Great. So, um, so yeah, I think, I think sometimes less, less is more in, uh, in my perspective if it's, if, it's, if it's a smart approach. Now, uh, we're getting to the end of the podcast, guys. Uh, so, if anyone wants to get in touch with you, what's the what's the best way to, to get all of you guys? Find me on LinkedIn, shoot me a message. Your graves, yeah. simple. What about you, Stephen? I'm sure you use LinkedIn as well a fair amount. Oh yeah, I've I definitely used LinkedIn. Um my my link is uh backslash or forward slash the sales weasel. And then I also have a branded email that you could reach me out at it is uh the salesweasel at gmail.com. All right, Sales Weasel, thank you very much for that. <laughs> well, guys, it was an absolute pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Great conversation. Uh, thanks for your input. And yeah, again, uh, great to have you on the show. So thank you very much. Operatics has redefined the meaning of revenue generation for technology companies worldwide. While the traditional concepts of building and managing inside sales teams in-house has existed for many years, companies are struggling with a lack of focus, agility, and scale required in today's fast and complex world of enterprise technology sales. See how Operatics can help your company accelerate pipeline at operatics.net. You've been listening to B2B Revenue Acceleration. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.